we're going to be starting this episode off a little bit differently than normal episodes because there is world historical change happening right now. Uh, don't worry, this is going to be a normal episode. We will have fun, but I also wanted to get out some thoughts that I had written down about the current situation. Um, so last night, Friday, October 27, I attended a spontaneous protest at Grand Central Terminal to demand an immediate ceasefire in Gaza, and I would like to tell you about what I saw. If you've ever gone to a spontaneous direct action, you know how the police behave in these environments. Gone is the smiling, cheerful presence of events like the Women's March and Corporate Pride, you know, a collection of friendly neighborhood officers that just want to be part of the community, caring for you. Yes, you. Instead, we were met with a steely-eyed militarized force, a wall of blue, staring us down with a mixture of haughty anger and dead-eyed disdain. A large group of protesters had massed quickly and marched to the main concourse of the terminal, but by the time I got there, the blue line had blocked entry through all public points of ingress, and I found myself massed with hundreds of protesters just inside the Park Avenue entrance. Chants of ceasefire now and from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, rang through the halls, protesters pushing up against NYPD officers who shoved back. Commuters coming up from the subway tried to make their way through with limited success. Some of them were bemused. Some of them were angry. None of them were going to catch their trains. The NYPD and MTA made the joint decision to shut the station down completely. I tried to find another entrance and make it down the concourse to see how this would all play out. I found one entrance that was unrestricted and descended the escalator to the concourse floor. Stepping off under the famous blue-green constellation ceiling, I was immediately enveloped in a wall of sound. On the ornate staircase leading up to the Apple Store, as well as on top of the ticket windows next to the massive departure and arrival boards, Jewish Voice for Peace protesters had mobilized with massive banners. Never again for anyone. Palestinians should be free. Mourn the dead and fight like hell for the living. Hundreds sat on the floor of the concourse wearing matching black t-shirts with white printed text. On the front, not in our name. On the back, Jews say ceasefire now. More chants, more singing. NYPD brass stood on the balconies overlooking the concourse alongside U.S. Army soldiers in full fatigues carrying M4 carbines, while down on the floor a line of approximately two dozen NYPD Strategic Response Group officers stood ringing the protesters, zip ties strapped to their belts, ready to begin cuffing and arresting. An organizer wearing a high-visibility vest warned me that by staying in the area, I was risking arrest. I stepped to the other side of the police line and began recording video on my phone. And the arrests began. There's something very strange about watching a completely peaceful group of people getting cuffed with zip ties, detained, and taken into custody. There was no crying, no histrionics, no resistance. Simply the full force of the state being brought to bear sharply and immediately on arrest of populace. The arrested protesters were escorted to the Lexington Avenue 43rd Street Tunnel, where they were lined up single file. Outside the terminal at the police staging point on Lexington Avenue, a hundred or so bystanders looked on as arrestees from inside the terminal were boarded onto corrections buses and a dual-segment M103 bus that the police had commandeered for detainee transport. Around 9 p.m., three hours after the beginning of the protest, Grand Central Terminal reopened to pedestrian traffic. Halloween revelers and tourists began flowing through the concourse, and other than the increased military and police presence, there was no sign that anything had happened. Just another Friday night in New York City.
Three hours later, the sun rose on Gaza, revealing entire city blocks flattened by Israeli airstrikes. IDF troops on the ground crossed into the Gaza border and, as of when I'm recording this, are still there. And by the time you're listening to this, Israeli tanks will likely have entered Gaza City, ushering in a new era of occupation and asymmetric warfare made possible by American and British arms. I don't have a neat conclusion for this, except to say, get out in the streets. You can be a passive observer of genocide, or you can fight. If you listen to this show, you probably have some investment in the death of empire. And this is your chance to help kill it. Look up protests in your area, get organized, and help bring about a better future. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. All right. Well, as you could hear from the beginning, this is going to be slightly a different episode, but uh, we're time for a jarring <laughs> yeah. tone shift. We're not we're not going to be staying on the subject of current events, no. mostly because this is a this is a very busy week for all of us. Um, I'm the worst of all possible Brian's. Hello. I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. And this is the worst of all possible worlds. The first and only podcast to uh, open with a jarring tone shift. I yeah. guess. AJ is not with us. He is being cradled in his mother's and father's arms, being <laughs> sung gently to sleep because he is afraid of the many nightmares that come to him from the Internet. And no, I don't mean current events. Mm. I mean, the thing that we are going to talk about today, Marble Hornets. The Slenderman found footage web series that I watched all through college, along with some of my good friends, including our guest today, Anne Houston. Hello. Hello, Anne. I did watch that with you. And I am your friend. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is, uh, this is just going to be an episode where the three of us reminisce about college. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm getting ready. Uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. There's going to be some reminiscing about high school for me, too, Ooh. because of my proclivity to hang around abandoned buildings Very good. when Very I was good. a teenager. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, this 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 is going to be a little bit different. We're just going it, to... It's a, maybe a little bit more of a fancy movie time, except this is not a movie, nor is it fancy. No. Uh, it's not really even time if you think about it i'm thinking about it (laughs) (laughs) okay did you get it yet no (laughs) i think i fucked this one up (laughs) it's the first time for everything something about the internet really inspires people to make interesting fake things that are by their nature um participatory one of the very first things that started happening on the old internet on 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 the on the bbs on the bbws uh, the, the, big, the, the, the web forums for big, beautiful women. The, the bulletin board women. Yeah. yeah. This is on stuff like uh, Usenet and Fidonet. There was something called Ong's Hat, uh, which was... Ong? Like Ong Lee? No. O-N-G. It's actually an okay. English name. It's it's a very unusual English name. Ong and Spong and such things. But there is, there's an old ghost town in New Jersey called Ong's Hat. And so these guys who were working on it's cold out here, colder out here than an Ong's hat. <laughs> really good. Let's really see how hard we can degrade this bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, how much can we make unusable? 
Oh, it's staying in. I'm not, I'm not editing <laughs> shit this week. I'm not doing any no. fucking work because I'm also closing the escape yes. room and I'm very sad. So Ong's Hat is this ghost town in New Jersey. Huh. And it was there were these guys on these web forums on Xerox uh, zines. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that was going on in the 80s that I don't quite understand. But on these BBS forums, etc., people were making up these stories. They were finding these like secret government documents about Princeton scientists who have discovered interdimensional travel oh, hell yeah. somehow uh, located at this like nexus that is the ghost town of Ong's hat. And uh, this is a big uh, people believed in it. Some of the people who got involved in the project started making it a little too participatory. There are people who were just like fucking uh, bothered in their homes for like decades afterwards of people looking <laughs> huh. for Ong's hat related clues. Like this kind of ruined some people's lives. I'm going to link a, a great article about it in the description. Does this place show. still exist? Like, uh, could the, I go to Ong's the ghost hat? town? The ghost town of Ong's hat. You can still go to it. Yeah, could go. We could go. Is on there a road any trip. merch? branded the titular hat. I would like <laughs> yeah. to wear the titular hat. Like well, hat no, please. no one would do that because then that would be putting a hat. Mm. On Ong's hat. Hey. Hey. Hey-oh. So this is like the late 80s. Late 80s, early 90s, into the 2000s. Okay. So I feel like this is even partly related to like the John Tidor stuff, who is this guy who like showed up on, I feel like it was Godlike Productions or one of those other message boards where he was like, I'm from the future. Oh. Here's the things that are going to happen in the far off future of 2020. Well, and Brian, I know how much you love like a weird conspiracy guy. I do. I do love a weird conspiracy. <laughs> less, less over the years. Right. But I used, that used to be my shit was like looking at conspiracy theories and how they spread. Like I know about very strange conspiracy theories that never really took off. Like there are no nukes. Which, oh, yeah. which had a small revival right. in 2022. But right, like right, I was on right. the ground floor of that in like 2008, there was a brand new forum that lasted about six months for a bunch of people <laughs> who were like, you know, one day it was it was New Year's. I remember it was New Year's and I went to Times Square and I saw the ball drop. And when I was walking home, I just realized, oh, nukes couldn't exist, could they? Mm. You know, <laughs> really rigorous. Yeah, that's just stuff. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's just common sense. I, yeah. I love that one because it's like it's just nice. Like there's nothing bad about it. It's like, oh, there are actually no nukes. Right. Yeah. How cool. <laughs> Isn't that swell? <laughs> what is what is the advantage in that world for the government to make you believe that nukes are real? Like, what does that That's do for That's a very them? good question, Josh. I don't think anybody ever okay. ever quite put it all together. Including why, these people. Yeah. Why, they, why the government would fake something like that. But horror also exists in this nexus of, I, I should, I'm, I'm already saying nexus too much. It's it's my new Ong's hat. Um <laughs> As you know, I love to say Ong's hat. You are always we saying all do. this. Yeah. 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 I remember my so days long. of going to ongshat.cx and seeing <laughs> just seeing a big hat. What is that man doing open. with his hat? <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's so much glass up there. <laughs> um, you know, Lovecraft and Ambrose Bierce and those guys who were making horror novels and, and short stories from the late 1800s into the early 1900s were always kind of doing things, even if they weren't they weren't done as hoaxes, they were done like hoaxes, right? Mm. There's a Lovecraft story called The Statement of Randolph Carter, which purports to be a transcript of a testimony of Randolph Carter to the police after his friend Warren disappeared down a big hole. I'm always disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) One of the really clever ones, I think, is in The King in Yellow, which does not purport to be a real document of anything. It's set in the future. Mm -hmm. It's... uh, you know, this was around 1900. It's it's written novelistically, 
uh, from the first person perspective of multiple people, but it doesn't pretend to be like a journal or anything. But they do keep referencing this play, this very real play Mm -hmm. that was going around France called The King in Yellow that was making people insane. And of course, Mm -hmm. the play itself, that is a hoax. There is no King in Yellow play. Oh, okay. So this idea of like making things like a hoax, for some reason, we like it, right? We we like to, the same way as like as a kid, you don't necessarily Mm -hmm. believe in Santa Claus, but you just want to. Yeah. You're like, Santa Claus isn't yeah, real because he's on the TV. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it is whatever. More fun. Yeah. I still want to wake up and think that it. I got a yeah. present from uh, a German. And yeah. who doesn't want presents from Germans? Uh, me. Josh oh. is raising his hand. Oh, because you're Dutch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah mostly. <laughs> I, did, I did realize when I was a child, you know, it got to the age, maybe eight, nine, yeah. where I started to doubt. Maybe that's a little old. Whatever. Started to doubt, <laughs> like, oh, maybe the Santa guy isn't real mm. because my grandparents slight side note oh yeah, yeah this uh, is demented yeah yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so here's what we're here as for. long as i can remember from very young um every christmas eve my grandparents would hire a like santa and mrs claus like impersonator two two people sometimes those actors their children would come also dressed as elves was basically the sa- paid this family and it was the same, was the same- couple <laughs> you know his name is tom you know and sometimes he'd show up and kind of drunk and like in like one video <laughs> recording i can hear my aunt i've seen this video be oh like, my god hey i think you've had enough tom like so but they would come and like sing jingles or whatever jingle bells I even thought it was so so normal um but then there was one year, and so then the thing was, too, then, like, they'd come and they'd give Christmas Eve. We each got a present, okay. and so okay. then Tom, Santa, would then give each of us a present. And there was one year that I didn't get one. Oh, And I was like, I mean, the man's right here. <laughs> and he's not giving me a present. And so I was so distraught, and my dad, I think, caught on. He was like, I don't like what's going on here. They just dropped it in the driveway. Um, it's got to be Pokemon Yellow. I, I, I think my favorite thing about those videos is that like your your aunt, who was a grown ass woman at this point, yeah, uh, was made to sit in Santa's lap. Yeah, my um, whole f- yeah, everyone had to oh, sit in Santa's everyone, lap. Oh, everyone, everyone was sitting in Santa's lap. Everyone oh. sat in Santa's lap. All right. And wow. then he asked, "What would you like? Okay, a jewelry box." I don't know. Here's a scarf. I, I have learned so much about you. Oh my yeah. God. What? Yeah. You're so normal. Yeah. Hey, oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brian. <laughs> so, do you know who these people like? Did you ever have any contact no. with them after? Oh, no. Were they no. friends of the family? I, I were they from not, a magazine? Did they go to other houses? I could. Were they from a magazine? <laughs> yeah, wait. You know, you get a magazine. It's like, you know, here's your celebrity impersonator. Yeah, yeah. Here's this a is, Santa Claus. This is I Santa's guess. Weekly. Yeah. 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 I, I, I have no magazine. other clarifying information, context. <laughs> did, could not tell did you. Did they mail this out of Ong's hat? <laughs> I, he did pull the gifts out of a giant, what I thought was a, a bag at the time, hat. but looking back now, I do realize it was an Ong's hat. Yeah. <laughs> that is so holy shit. I don't remember what we were talking about. Houses. <laughs> so I never thought Santa Claus was real. I, I, oh, I always because cool. I saw him on TV and my parents told me mm. that nothing on TV was real. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, so he's a TV guy. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and also like 
all our presents. It was like, oh yeah, this is from mom. This is from Annette. It never this said from... from Santa too. No, no, my parents started doing that like much later, like when I was like a teenager, because they thought it was funny. I just, I, I really like the idea of young Brian like keeping a list of TV guys who aren't real. It's like <laughs> yeah, Brian yeah, yeah. Williams, Ted Turner. Santa Claus. <laughs> Not real. Bill Clinton. <laughs> so if you ever saw them in the street, you'd know you had gone uh, insane. But, uh, home videos are so revealing. Like yes. they're so revealing yes. in like just how peculiar everyone is in their yeah. own life. And there is something that's always a little bit scary about them. Yeah. You know, you don't necessarily yeah. like that's a very vulnerable thing to tell people as an adult. Oh, yes. I was visited by Santa Claus like every year Yearly. of my childhood. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially to like have people see that. Yes. Well, it's it's weird too, the remembering of, of certain memories too. It's like, you know, how what what is the earliest thing I remember? Am I actually remembering that? Or am I remembering watching a video of it? Yeah. Or am I remember being told about it? Am I remembering looking at a photo about yeah. it? Like, at what point does the memory stop being real yeah yeah yeah. well i think that's the interesting thing about tape in general yeah it's tape it's tape right uh that uh god damn it uh when you commit something to that medium you are committing it in a specific way and it is so tied to whatever the technology is that was used Mm -hmm. to record it at Mm -hmm. this time yes yes and i think that's the thing about marble hornet specifically that makes it such an interesting piece to go back to right because it feels like 2009 exactly you know we realize that there is something about the look especially of analog tape of course marble hornets is digital Mm -hmm. but like found footage existed Mm -hmm. there were found footage movies at least as far back as the 60s there of course have Mm -hmm. been fake news broadcasts of course there were fake radio broadcasts and things like the the war of the worlds Mm -hmm. but something about videotape really works and finally a small group of filmmakers funding a movie entirely on credit card debt uh and they even returned that camera to best buy after they filmed the blair witch project they made the blair witch project and people forget that the blair witch project is actually shot on two cameras right part Uh of it is on black and white 16 millimeter film including Uh the ending uh, which huh. is not on the night vision. People remember it as night vision, but it's yeah. actually uh, the the bright light off of the front of the camera. And, of course, the night vision home video camcorder right. that captures all of the unplanned moments. People remember that that image of you, you're seeing straight up her yes. nostrils as she's crying. Well, it's and on say, the cover you know, like, of the uh, of the poster. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Blair Witch Project was released. Well, originally it got its premiere at Sundance, the Sundance Film Festival, January 23, 1999. Yep. Uh, was released to cinemas uh, July 14 of 1999. Budget was, according to <laughs> Wikipedia, uh, somewhere between two hundred to seven hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and mm-hmm. uh, according to Box Office Mojo, made two hundred forty eight million dollars. A bitch. We can do it too, guys. We, we can, can do it too. Yeah. It's not too late. Well, that, not was too late. The, that was the horrible feeling. It's like, oh yeah, yeah anyone yeah, yeah. could do this now, right? But yeah. of course, Blair Witch also ran with a, a very expensive new kind of advertising, right? Where they made a website. Uh, they made a, a second movie. They made a documentary that aired on TV. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was on the Sci-Fi Channel that was all about the kids who went and tried to make this documentary right. and disappeared in the woods. Uh-huh. Um, everybody else got a fake last name, but unfortunately, the main actress used her whole name <laughs> in that improvised scene where she's talking straight <laughs> to the camera, and yep. then they were all like listed as missing, presumed dead. Their Holy IMDb shit. page even reflected that. This is take the thing about how nothing ever has like one clear beginning. This is taken uh-huh. from Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, back in like 1980, where the director was like, oh, yeah, this is a bunch of film that I found from some people who died in the jungle somewhere. 
and that one used its fakery by combining actual documentary footage and then also the fake stuff. Blair Witch is, mm-hmm. of course, like entirely fake. Right. And yeah. Marble Hornets, as we're going to see, is also entirely fake. On the Internet, too, outside of video, you know, for so long, video was not super viable as, as a medium to create new things. Yep. You know, you had terrible compression. You had to sit and wait for dial upload times. I love to download an, a dot RM file and <laughs> wait for it to buffer in real player for two hours. I definitely have like old DivX videos oh, hell yeah. and like real player shit yep. from like forever ago. They're just like bizarre old viral things that no one remembers like shake that bear. Uh, I did, I'm sorry, and I did want to apologize on the record to you. I want to apologize, Brian, that uh, I let you forget about it for so long. If you'd like to learn more about shake that bear, check out the most recent episode of Lads Cast, available exclusively for our $10 patrons at patreon.com slash worst of all. Shake that bear has like no presence online these days. It's just like a thing that we knew about. Well, we're bringing it back. back then. We're bringing it back. After after you mentioned it on that Lads Cast, of course, mm-hmm. I get a text late that night from Anne yeah. that is just three emojis, yeah. maracas, yeah. an arrow pointing right, <laughs> yeah. and a bear's face. Yeah. 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 Uh, but there, before, you know, aside from video, a lot of stuff was coming in through text. And one of the great ones uh, this is often listed as like the first creepy pasta. I think mm. this is a little bit broad of a definition because I think mm. of creepy pasta having to be like, like, like something that you see on a forum, you know, that like exists on one page. This sure. was a very elaborate thing called Ted the Caver in two thousand one. I don't think oh, I'm no, familiar I, with this one. Nope. Oh, never heard. I mean, it, it really does. Like, if you read any of the big no sleep stories, they all owe something uh-huh. to Ted the Caver, huh. and it's it's just this story of a guy who's looking for, uh. A way around to where Floyd Collins died, you know, looking for Mammoth Cave, uh-huh. that area. Uh, forgive me if I get some of this wrong. I haven't reread Ted the Caver. It was hosted on an Angel Fire blog. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can still find it in that format. And it's huh. got all these little like old as shit JPEGs, you know, yes. like maybe 256 color or something yes. like that. And it's picture. They're real pictures of a cave, real pictures of this guy who wrote the story in the cave. Um, but. The story gets weirder and weirder and he starts to Photoshop certain images and then he finds these like hieroglyphs deep within the caverns. And then eventually you get to the last post and it's like, okay, having gathered all this information, all of this stuff, we're blah, blah, blah. I've been scared to go to sleep at night, et cetera, et cetera. All the kind of the the hallmarks. Mm. And then, of course, it ends with I'm going to go back to the cave tomorrow. I'll (gasps) update you guys. When I get back. But there's no update. Hey, just, oh, of course, of course, of which course. Which also, like, oh. it's, it's cool. Oh. It's cool for a hoax, but it also kind of sucks for a story. Yeah, sure. Because like, yeah, yeah, it yeah, just yeah, stops. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, that's why Lovecraft's protagonists always go insane. And it's like, oh, okay. So they live through it so they can tell us what happened. But then they're also getting loopy at the end. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, with, with Ted the Caver, he, there, there's just no it's more just Ted. Over. No right. more Ted. <laughs> and that one led to its own like list of hoaxes where a guy was like, this guy ripped my story off. I actually wrote this in 1989 <laughs> and he published this PDF that has the full story with an ending, but it gets really stupid. And it's very clear that he just stole Ted the Caver's thing <laughs> and <laughs> backdated well, like his PDF. Yeah. 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 So he, he copy pasted. And, and you can actually find some of the web forums from 2001, 2002, okay. the very few things hmm. that are still up from that time talking about Ted the Caver. I recommend it. It's fun. It's it's pretty dry, but it is mm-hmm. like it's a fun thing to dig into. And of course, in 2001, when people when looking at an Angel Fire blog was normal, it must have felt 
right. so Rather real. Than abnormal. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's just like, yes, well, yes, now yes. it's like, oh, it's this relic. Yeah, it's yeah, this yeah, angel yeah, yeah. fire thing. I, I think there's something too to be said about the way that interacting with a computer felt back then. Yeah. That the actual tactile experience of using a computer was fundamentally different. Mm. That we were looking, generally speaking, at CRTs, mm-hmm. which allowed for deeper blacks than an LCD That's allows. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the actual. That's why Thief and Thief 2 are too dark. But not on a CRT. No. Um, it also, just sort of the auditory experience of the computer and hearing the fans spinning the up and, and the, the buzzing. Yeah. It's like just, just a very different sensory and tactile experience that I think for those of us who grew up with that era of computing, we have certain memories attached to it. Yeah. And it's just, it's hard to explain, particularly to people I think who, you know, grew up uh, with pocket based, you know, technology and looking at everything on phones or laptop mm-hmm. screens or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe just how it felt. But yeah. there was something about that that could get you immersed in these worlds in a way that I don't think is possible in the same way now. And I imagine that was. True also with thing about Ong's hat where you're working on much older computers that sure. make much louder mm. sounds. Yeah. They're using magnetic uh, storage mm. and well, things like that. You can, you can look to some of these examples of like new school text adventures uh, yeah. that are available like on Steam. But what they do is they also emulate the feel yeah. of an old terminal mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and they yeah, play the, sound. the sounds yeah. and shit like that. I mean, it, there is something just so fun about, again, like I said, I didn't believe in Santa Claus, but I kind of wanted to. You know, like when we went to my grandparents' house, it was just fucking white elephant gifts. So it was just like <laughs> I was got whatever shit my grandpa pulled out of the trash because he was yeah. a he was a he was a, what do they call him? He was a guy who dug around in the garbage after he retired. Sure. I don't know what, what what the name for that is, but dumpster diver. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah, he was he was he was not Dutch, but he was Dutch at heart. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and so we he, we'd always just get shit that he pulled out of dumpsters at Christmas. And there was always like silly white rolls. elephant stuff. So like there's no reason for me to believe in Santa yeah, yeah, because yeah, no yeah, one's yeah. even like thinking about the gifts yeah. that they're giving in that setting. <laughs> I certainly don't have any aunt paying any drunk middle aged men to mm-hmm. walk around as, as <laughs> jolly old Santa. In case Leanne, you're listening to this. It was my grandfather who did. Oh, the pain. OK. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is your aunt who just kept him in line. Yeah. <laughs> and sat in his lap. We all That's had to. She had no choice. <laughs> I just, can we just upload those videos and then that's what this episode is about? Yeah, We're just going to talk about yeah, the Santa Claus You know what's videos? interesting about those videos? Again, having seen yeah. them myself, yeah. they do have a really cursed found footage feel. Yeah. Like, they well, could be the used. Too. It's a, yes. It was in like it was an older house where it was like there was no ceiling light fixtures in any of the rooms. Oh, so like my was, apartment. Yeah, much like yeah. apartment. Yeah. So it was like... Um, yeah, you know, any sort of like, all lamps. Uh, t- lamps. Yeah. Yep. So like oh. real warm light, real low mm-hmm. light. And to the point of the the tape itself, I think it's super eight. So like the the actual. I mean, it would have been one of those big high, old motherfuckers. Yeah. High, like, yeah. You have to put it on your fucking you know, shoulder to shoot okay, over. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. So huge. The, the actual dynamic range is not very impressive. You can't exactly make things out. Yeah. Santa is just kind of like a blurry. That kind of like <laughs> blob. Yeah. Blends into the kind of like mauve. Biblically <laughs> Well, and and Marble Hornets, even in some of its later entries uh, towards in like season two Uh, has footage from like the 90s or early 2000s. It's more analog. Yeah, Yeah. there's just there is something to it. And there's something to the image, even on digital tape, that is different when it's not tape. 
even when it's mm-hmm. still digital. Yes. Uh, when it goes wrong, the image of things going wrong and mm. figuring out what the tools are for all of those that I think Marble Hornets does especially well in season one. Yep. Um, so there were a couple other after YouTube hits and people are like making videos regularly in 2007. Someone tries an ARG called the Wyoming incident. Mm-hmm. There are a couple on of something awful, really fun, little creepy videos. And then it goes completely off the rails in all of the worst ways. It, it is it is a monumentally stupid, stupid project <laughs> yep. that started with three fantastic videos. Yeah, I mm-hmm. uh, I remember I was posting on something awful at the time. Yeah, Josh is a gooner. And, Josh is a gooner. Uh, I'm not a gooner. I'm a goon. <laughs> no, you're a gooner. Ooh, no, you're a gooner. I've not, uh, ooh, you have? <laughs> At Ong's hat. (laughs) 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 Oh, you found my goon cave. Oh, God. My goon hat. Yeah, don't My touch it. My giant hat that don't I goon touch in. <laughs> Ong's cave? Is this anything? Probably. It can be, yeah. <laughs> it, if we try it hard will be. It will be. Um, oh, poor AJ. We're starting so many bits without him. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to bring AJ back next week. We'll be like, He's... so AJ's come back from Ong's <laughs> hat. <laughs> hey there, you are listening to a preview of a premium episode of The Worst of All Possible Worlds. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this Head on over to our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash worst of all, and you can listen to not only the rest of this episode, but our entire backlog of premium episodes, bonus episodes, and if you subscribe at the $10 tier, you will get an extra episode of the podcast every single month. Again, that is patreon.com slash worst of all. Hope to see you there.